0: Hello med students, my name is Zach Olson, and today I'm going to give you the approach to tummy ache. The approach to pediatric abdomen, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, constipation, pain, abdominal distension, all of the important GI stuff in kids. We're just going to lump all of that together as tummy ache. Crying baby with a big distended abdomen? Tummy ache. Vomiting? Tummy ache diarrhea, tummy ache. It's all the same approach. Now, I know that I haven't even done an episode on adult abdominal pain yet, and that core topic will come soon, I promise. But I actually think that PEDS-GI is a better place to start, and here's why. Kids are trickier. They can't articulate things well. They're very vulnerable, and for numerous reasons, we have to be very selective with our testing. And so you can't just slack off, you really have to think through kids. And so if you can master tummy ache, adult abdominal pain is going to be super easy. Plus, PEDS GI stuff is all over step two, because it covers PEDS, and it covers family medicine, and it covers surgery. And so you really just need to pay attention today, even if you only see adults on your rotation. Now, in this episode, there's one thing that you have to remember. Check the groin. You have to do a good GU exam, not just because it's good medicine and good doctoring, but because your attendings will be very impressed if your presentation shows that you ruled out hernias and torsion, because these are classic misses. You have to check the groin. Now let's get started with this. Step one today, this is the biggest step Especially in this episode, and especially as a med student, this can be a really tough step. You need to write out your differential diagnosis, and it's a long list today. Twelve items, but writing it out is going to keep your thoughts nice and organized. It acts as a template for you. Now me, I think of all of pediatric tummy ache in regions, and the pattern is 2-4-2-4. 2 2 in the upper abdomen... Four in the lower abdomen, two in the GU, and then four generalized causes. And that's how we're going to organize it today. Let's do this. Upper abdomen, starting with the little babies. Diagnosis number one is pyloric stenosis. This is projectile non-bilious vomiting in infants who strangely, even though they're really sick, also seem to have a normal appetite. And then moving on to all ages, diagnosis number two is pneumonia. With upper abdominal pain, you also need to ask about cough and fever. And this is to evaluate for lower lobe pneumonia. And here's why. Because those low lobes sit right on the upper abdomen and those nerve endings. And so the symptoms can overlap. Pneumonia frequently presents as abdominal pain. Now we're gonna move on to the lower abdomen, again, starting with the little babies. Diagnosis number three is Hirschsprung's disease and toxic megacolon. Sometimes during development, the nerves for peristalsis just don't migrate far enough down the colon, and then the poop just can't quite make it to the rectal vault. That's Hirschsprung's disease. These kids come into the department with severe constipation, and when it's really, really bad, their colon is toxic and all stretched out and mega-sized from all of the poop. And it loses blood flow and then needs to be removed in surgery. It's a big emergency. And then the other three that kind of hit all ages, diagnosis number four is intussusception. This is intermittent severe pain and then lethargy. And then intermittent severe pain and then lethargy. And then pain, 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 and then lethargy. Sometimes you can feel a palpable sausage mass, or you'll see red, quote, currant jelly stool. Those are key words on step two. But the main feature is pain, 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 lethargy. Diagnosis number five is appendicitis. This is the classic medical malpractice case with all kids. This is the king of the killers. It goes on every single differential of abdominal pain for every patient forever. You can't miss appendicitis. Diagnosis number six is hernia. Just remember, you have to check the groin. And then moving on to the GU region. There's two of them. They both occur in all age groups. Diagnosis number seven is urinary tract infection. The red flag for this is fever. So if they have a fever, you need to order a urinalysis and a urine culture. And then diagnosis number eight This one is another big one, testicular and ovarian torsion. Remember, you have to check the groin. You have to do a good GU exam. And now the final four, the generalized causes of abdominal pain. Starting with the babies, diagnosis number nine is intestinal volvulus, presents with bilious, green vomiting, abdominal distension, and it's another big time emergency. They need surgery. Diagnosis number 10 is necrotizing enterocolitis, or neck. Classically, neck is in a super sick preemie, and they also need emergency surgery. Kind of moving on to all age groups again, diagnosis number 11 is henoch schonlein purpura. This is a rheumatic disease, and these patients come in with rheumatic-type stuff, which is joint pain and rashes and abdominal pain. And then finally, diagnosis number 12, this is the queen. Remember that the king was appendicitis. The queen is diabetic ketoacidosis, DKA. Huge numbers of kids with undiagnosed diabetes initially present to the emergency department with abdominal pain, nausea, and other just vague GI symptoms. And so you need to get a finger stick blood glucose in almost every pediatric patient with GI symptoms. That's the list, but one more time: 2424. Two, four. Upper abdomen is pyloric stenosis and pneumonia. Lower abdomen is Hirschsprung's disease, intussusception, appendicitis, and hernia. The GU causes are UTI and torsion. And the generalized causes are volvulus, neck, HSP, and DKA. All right, take a deep breath. Step two. This is where you do your pediatric history and exam, and I'm actually going to do a full in-depth review of this topic in a future episode, but basically, you need to start with your pediatric assessment triangle. If you still don't know what that is, just go ahead and read about that tonight. It's a really important topic, the pediatric assessment triangle. Once you've done that, now is when you ask your history. You ask about the birth history. You ask about how the child is eating, drinking, peeing, and pooping. You ask about immunization status, fevers, and rashes. And then with your exam, again, you have to do a GU exam. You have to check the groin to rule out torsion and hernias. Moving on to step three, you're going to test if necessary. Now just in general, and with abdominal pain as well, the most common tests ordered in kids are Finger stick blood glucose, a urinalysis, a chest x ray, abdominal x rays, and abdominal ultrasound. So, if you know those five, you're pretty much set with kids until residency. But certainly, that's pretty much all you really need with pediatric abdominal pain. Those are the basics, at least. And then finally, step four you treat. You give them Tylenol for fever, you give them Zofran for vomiting. You don't give them anything for diarrhea, and you give them Pedialyte. It's really that simple. If anything goes wrong at any point, though, let's say one of your tests come back abnormal, or you identify one of those critical diagnoses, or the assessment triangle is off, or if the kid can't drink the Pedialyte, you need to admit. Those are your four steps. Write out your differential, do your history and exam, pick a few tests, and treat. Thanks for hanging with me today. That wraps everything up. Remember, you have to check the patient's groin. That is what attendings are looking for in their rock stars. If you found this episode helpful, please mention it to another med student. My goal is to help as many medical students as possible, and I would really appreciate if you told a friend. And then as always, until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.